With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, thanks for listening to the show. Join your hosts, Bill Alstead and Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawk fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Ofsted, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk Seahawk football. We've got a Game 2 preseason recap for you today, uh, talking about the game, talking about the players that stood out, anybody that didn't stand out for whatever reason, just kind of get you all caught up on um, the comings and goings of the team. Keith had a great experience. Uh, actually, went to the game, so we're gonna we're gonna sit back and listen to uh, what Keith has to say as far as what he saw and experienced, and uh, with his family there in the stadium. Welcome in. Yeah, it was fun. I took this was my um, my first trip with the kids, um, so I took my kids to their first game. Uh, my older one did great, loved it, um, had an absolutely fantastic time. The younger one was a little overwhelmed by all the noise and, and all of that, but he did great too. And, and, um, it was fun. The, the hard part of all of it was that, um, getting like we were the, the ferry that we were taking, um, arrived at the, the pier 45 minutes late. So instead of getting there with plenty of time, mm-hmm. I actually, they hopped out of the car once we got up close to the stadium, um, and the parking garage that we were parking in. Um, and went and I had to wait until I could get the car parked and then literally had to run, um, up the street across, you know, um, and, you know, down into the North lot. Cause we parked at the, the union station, uh, garage and, um, so I'm sore cause that's a lot of running and a lot of running up, <laughs> upstairs to the 300 wow. level. That's, that's um, a commitment. Yeah. Um, now, now I, I will pause you and I will say this, Liz, Keith's wife, if you're listening, um, come on, 
you should have just hopped in the in the driver's seat for Keith so Keith could get go with the children into the stadium first so mm-hmm. he didn't have to potentially miss any time because he was going to be presenting on the show this morning um and so I'm a little disappointed uh <laughs> but you know I'll, I'll give her a pass uh, you pass. give her give her a pass. She had uh, the more <laughs> difficult job wrangling the kids and, and um, trying um, to. I'm totally kidding. And I hope take you care of all of that. So, um, and it, it ended up working out. They only got to the seats a couple minutes before me, and I got there. I saw the opening kickoff um, as I was climbing stairs, and um, made it to my seat by the second or third play, but didn't actually nice. miss anything because um, I could see everything as I was as I was climbing stairs. So, um, but yeah. So, so, uh, you texted me a picture of where you were at. Um, you had pretty decent seats, pretty close yeah, we to were the 50 on the, yard line. Yeah. We were on about the 48 yard line, 46, somewhere in between the 45 and the 50, um, up in the third level. So I have, it's a good view looking down over everything. You can really see everything that's going on. The only struggle was that, um, it was often hard to figure out who was the one yeah. who I saw would see a player miss a tackle. And then I'd, I'd be trying to figure out who it was based on replay and, and you don't get the good angle or that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's a little, that part's challenging because you're high enough up, but it's still, it's such a good angle to see everything. Um, yeah. Really you know, it's one of those, everybody's playing. It's one of the, those games. Preseason is, is where you really do need a numerical roster because yeah. it's just it is impossible because there's just so many players coming and going um yeah no i mean from my vantage point well well let's get into what what you saw so you get in there you watch uh you're getting into the game tell me tell me your impressions right off the bat um the first couple of drives for seattle weren't um particularly impressive i didn't think that gino had a lot of time but he also I don't know, just things weren't sharp um, with Gino in there. Um, and the defense struggled against the run, which we saw last year. We thought had improved after the Vikings game, but clearly didn't. Um, now, I'm going to stop you a little bit. In your impression, what was what was the deal? What was Why was Seattle struggling to stop the run? Was that up front or was it, was it up front. missed tackles? Yeah. It well, was both. Um, I mean, the I thought that the, they did a better job of setting the edge in this game than in the last one. Um, they were struggling at nose, especially getting pushed back. Um, after Sykes had a good game against the Vikings, I thought he um, did not play as well in this one. Um, was he out there on the field right away? I well, John Reed was in the really right in the beginning. Um, but they he rotated and he came out of the game permanently after like a series. He got his sack and that was pretty much done for the night. Um, at least that's what it's appeared from where I was sitting. Welcome and then back Sykes to was Seattle, in there. Buddy. <laughs> yeah. Here's the sack. <clears throat> and then so yeah, Sykes was in there for a while. And then later it was um Gotel, the guy they just signed, um, who at one point he was on the field, realized he wasn't supposed to be and had to sprint off and for a guy his size at like 360 pounds, he moved pretty good to get off that field. <laughs> um, but yeah, the I mean, those two guys are both guys that the team isn't expected to um, need a huge contribution from if they make, even if they make the roster. You know what I mean? Like it's supposed to be the Jerron Reed, Cameron Young show. Um, these guys are battling for 
a practice squad spot or maybe the, you know, the 52nd man on the roster kind of spot. But, um, so early yeah, on we were struggling a little bit, stopping the run, preventing mm-hmm. third down conversions, et cetera. And we only allowed 293 overall yards at the yeah. end of the day, 94 rushing yards allowed, but a lot of that did come in the first, first quarter, first half. Yeah, it was early. And then in the second half, I thought they, they, you know, when the quality of blocking decreased on, on Dallas's side, um, as they got into their depth, um, Seattle's defensive line stiffened, but then also the X had the lead and, and, um, Dallas started throwing the ball more. So that made life a little, uh, easier on the run defense too. Yeah. Interesting. I would tell you that, um, Mike Jackson didn't have a good game. I think that should be, should be stated. Um, he struggled quite a bit. Um, and had, even a, had though, a penalty against them too. Yep. And even though he, um, people are, I were re, I was reading stuff before the game. There's a lot of people praising Trey Brown. Um, and I get that because of his interception, which was a great interception. Um, he had a good reading, tackle too. Yep. Um, five he, tackles, one tackle for loss. He also missed three, at least three tackles that I saw and got beaten coverage a couple times and made a completely just stupid um, mistake reading what was going on and gave up a touchdown. So I was a little surprised that the reactions about him were as strong as they were. I mean, the interception was great, and I, I know that that goes a long way, but it doesn't tell the story of, of his game. And I thought overall between him and, and Jackson, um, it was not the best showing by Seattle secondary. Um, Kobe Bryant played the entire game. I don't know if yep. he ever came out. Yeah. We um, talked about that the last game too. You mm-hmm. know, he played a lot and we, we thought, well, maybe, well, at least I thought they're, they're doing that just to give him all of the reps that they possibly can at the safety position. But, you know, he was also playing nickel, too. So, mm-hmm. um, Talk Jonathan to me about Sutherland what you... Jonathan played well. Um, outplayed uh, Reed at safety, uh, in my opinion. So, yeah. yeah. What, were you, what were you asking? Well, I was going to ask you about the, the, the highlights, really. Um, I wanted to see what you thought of seeing Jackson Smith and Jigba in person and Jake, Jake Bobo, basically. Um. Jake Bobo was out there in the first quarter catching passes from Geno Smith. Good, like incredible catches um, for big plays and then didn't play at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Basically once Holton Allers came in, Bobo came There's out a big and never tell came there. back in. Yeah. He was, he was being treated like a um, second like a stringer yeah. or a starter. Yeah. I mean, he played with uh, Locke, which, I don't think Lockett did, but um, I was glad to see that that he got a run with Lock. I mean, Lock had a spectacular game. I thought. Oh, Lock had a great game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Bob, Bobo looked good. Jackson Smith and Jigma looked uncoverable, and even when he was covered, he made that big play that got him down to the one yard line. Um, Catch and run I, for forty nine yards. Yeah, yeah. That, but see, well, and a perfect okay. pass from Lock. That was a beautiful throw. I mean, he was. Um, he Smith and Jigma was covered. Yeah, he got and behind. He got behind the corner, but only by a half a step. If that, 
it, from where I was sitting, it, he looked like he was smothered and it didn't matter. But there were a couple parts to that. One, tremendous pass, just dropped it in there. And the other part is if you look at the way um, Smith and Jigma manipulated the route, he squared things off a little bit more than you would expect, but it was while the ball was in the air. He knew where that point was going to be, and he straightened things out um, and, and in a way that kept the defender away from the ball and away from his hands, his arms, so that the defender, the only way to prevent that catch would have been a penalty. He would have had to have been tackled. That's mm -hmm. like stuff that you see from, you know, vets that have been in the league from 10 years, that, that little just adjustment to keep the yeah, um, he's, defender he's away from you. I was really impressed with that. And then even with the guy draped all over him, he still managed to turn up field, get the extra yards on the run. I was hoping he would get in, but he caught um, that pass while the guy was draped on him. And immediately after the catch, he had four yards of separation. Yeah. You know, so that, that defender was really focused on trying to, to make a play on the ball or something because he lost track of him as soon as it yeah. was caught. And, it was and, just, and, it was a fabulous play. I mean, I would the, like to see Njigba try just a hair harder to get into the end zone, but he seemed like he lost a, a, his footing slightly at like the three yard line mm -hmm. and stumbled just a hair and allowed that corner to get in there and, and make that tackle. Um, well, what he, he was just being a good teammate and allowing one of the running backs to get another touchdown. <laughs> That's all it was. He's like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to get mine. Dallas needs to get his. Let's make that happen. Right. Isn't now, that, did isn't, you, isn't that what you saw? <laughs> <laughs> did you see the replay? But I don't know if you saw it in in live action. But did you see the replay of Jake Bobo's um, route running when he uh, had the corner bite hard, and then Bobo turned on him and left mm -hmm. him for about uh, he was open by seven yards in, in yeah. both directions uh, to make that catch. Completely got the guy to turn his hips one way and then cut the other, um, and. I mean, and that it's was not spectacular. like, that yeah, was it's not like, you know, he's, um, reading the defender and goes, Oh, he turned his hips. I'm going to go this other way because the ball was already in the air. Um, he had to, he had to make the defender commit at the right time does so it that seem, way he could make that cut. It was great. Does it seem to you, I mean, you can extrapolate these things a little bit, especially within Jigba that you can take that three receptions for 58 yards. I think you could double that on, on any given game. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> at least i mean he's just open all the time so i he's think he's going to be a, a favorite of geno smith um but jake bobo um this is about as as much as you're going to see jake bobo in any game even if he makes the roster and he's the fourth or fifth receiver but that two receptions he's going to make them count is, is what i'm trying to say it's like it seems like jake bobo is going to be a guy that's going to allow you and that's where we talked about Gervais, uh, Gervais, 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 um, the old Seahawk receiver that uh, Steve Smith called out and, and said that Jake Bobo reminded him of, of him. And um, just a guy that knows how to use his body, knows how to, to manipulate routes and comes up big for you like a couple times a game. And um, it's oh, been a while since we've... Jerev Joe Jerevicious. Joe Jerevicious, yes. That's who you're thinking for the about. Pronunciation. I'm like, where Jervais? I'm like, the, uh, the only Jervais I can think of is a comedian. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but no, Joe Jerevicious. Yeah. Um, 
I could see that. I the thought of him. I, mean, I don't know. To me, he's um, he's a better bout, a better route runner in his ability to get defenders to do what he wants them to do than Jerevicious was, at least from what I've seen. Um, and he's not as quite as physical, so I don't know if that's a great comp. Um, that doesn't mean he can't learn to be more physical. But Jerevicious was good at like making catches with two guys draped on him. Um, you know, where it should have been an easy, you know, pass interference penalty, but it didn't matter. Um, but, and I thought, think Bo was a better route runner, but, yeah. but yeah, I can get, I mean, he's a big guy who's not particularly fast and he's fast enough. Plenty. You know, I, I saw him, uh, after the catch, not, not the one that we were talking about, but his other catch, mm-hmm. uh, he had two receptions for 43 yards where I saw a little burst out of him. Um, and he, and there's no way if you extrapolate that little burst that I saw into a four nine nine forty, yeah. um, that was a guy that looked more like a four five guy. And yeah, I think, he, I think he's legitimately a four six guy, which is still pretty slow for a wide receiver, but, um, it's not four nine nine and at six five with good hands and good polished routes four six is plenty fast. And he, uh, you know, he was in and on a special teams play too. That was pretty interesting. John Hall, uh, had a, had a block punt on, on mm-hmm. a special teams play that, uh, ended up going into the end zone and Bobo forced that safety, almost got to the ball. Um, but forced the, the, the deep back for the, the opposing team, the, the Cowboys, uh, to run out of the back of the end zone a little bit, got that safety. So again, making a, a good impression, Keith, I mean. Jake Bobo to me is on this roster right now for sure. Even regardless of like Eskridge or anything else, Jake Bobo's earned this spot um, over even Derek Young right now. Yeah. Young had, um, unless I misidentified players, I think um, Drake Young had two drops. Yes, he did. He was three targets. One was uh, uncatchable. Two it was were way over his head. Two of them were catchable, and he 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 dropped both of them. And um, yeah, yeah, that I have was that written prob- in my notes too. That was the problem he had last off or last preseason. Um, and was he dropped everything that was thrown at him? Um, and you can't do that, kid. I mean, he's got a lot of physical skills, and the team really likes him, and they put, um they put packages together for him to play fullback and H back and, and other things to get him on the field, but you got to catch the passes when they're catchable. Um, and he didn't do that. And Bobo did. I yeah. honestly, I, I look at this. I, I would say right now, if the season was starting, like if they were making the 53 and, and starting to prep for week one, uh, Jake Bobo is the number four receiver on this team. So Drew Locke and Geno Smith had great outings. I mean, they were combined 10 for 12, 100 and what's 50 yards, something in there. Mm-hmm. Um, both efficient. Um, Drew Locke would have had two touchdown added to his totals, but Njigba came up short by one yard, and so did Mabry, uh, tackled at the one-yard line uh, with their uh, receptions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm impressed actually, with the quarterbacks. And Drew Locke, especially, there was a couple, I don't know, four or five episodes before I 
uh, one of the players I really wanted to see in, in training camp and also perform in the, in the game was Drew Locke. And I'm seeing some competency there and some confidence, I think, that I have not yet seen. Um, and to see that out there on the field last night was pretty cool. That throw to Njigba, I thought was really telling. There was another play where the right side of the offensive line just collapsed, and he had to basically get out of two sacks in order to throw um, yeah. the ball. And just there's that kind of athleticism, you know, being a guy that's that's going to be physical and fight for for stuff and and get the ball. Um, out and, and down the field like that was good but that throw to Njigba find me a backup quarterback in the league that can routinely make that throw yeah that was that was spot on I mean the touch was, there and and you'd mentioned last year um that that was one of the things that was holding Drew Lock back you could yeah. throw the ball a mile but but to do anything with any touch anywhere was a real challenge for him He's got a huge arm. I mean, he's got all the arm, all arm strength you could ever want. Um, and so when you need to, to get it deep, he can do it. If you need to rifle a ball in there, he can do it. But those touch passes were, were a struggle. Um, and that pass to Njigba was, that was starter level quarterback oh, yeah. play. Oh, sure. Um, it felt like he was a starter when he was in there. He was running yeah. that offense really nice, really we, competent, very much confident in his ability and it showed yeah it's not like he he always had clean pockets or anything as i was saying before like there there was a pass rush he was just able to sidestep it showed good pocket pocket presence got the ball out through it um with nice touch good accuracy um i was really impressed with the way Locke played in this game and that was after being impressed with the way he played in the first game i'm when you know especially when Gino came out at one point and was saying you know this kid deserves to be a starter that he should be playing uh for another team as their starting quarterback you know you get a little bit like okay this guy talking about his friend and and you know guy in the thing but Locke's really starting to play it like it he's starting to show like a guy that belongs um being given a shot to start in the NFL and on a one-year deal I'm kind of wondering if this might be his last year in Seattle just because somebody's going to give him a, a shot or at least a chance to compete, you know? We need to keep in mind, too, that Geno Smith is really under contract for two years. This is the first year of essentially a three-year deal, but Seattle's got to get out of jail um, card for his mm -hmm. contract uh, beginning next year. And they may want to, you know, pay drew lock a little bit more to stick around and potentially take over. I mean, it's hard to project those things out, but that's why you do have competent backup quarterbacks on your, on your roster. And we'll see if he does deserve, I think an opportunity, especially sitting behind, you know, a consummate pro being in this offense, um, Shane Waldron, um, and being, you know, as part of this locker room and very well thought of by a head coach who, um, is is very well thought of around the league. Um, gives him potentially some hope that, that that will happen for sure. I think it's just a matter of time. Um, let's stay on the offensive side and just talk about a few players that kind of stood out. Uh, one was Zach Charbonnet for me, that one run. He had three carries, 31 yards. Not terribly impressive, but that one run was 29 yards. 
got to the second level untouched. Got a shout out to the offensive line there. The offensive right tackle kicked his guy out. And, and that was Jake Kern at the time, I think. And and the center, uh, Brown, mm-hmm. uh, stayed with his guy at the nose tackle. And the, the guard actually pulled out completely, went to the second level, picked up the, the nearest linebacker and kicked him out. Charbonnet went untouched into the second, third level of the defense. Well, I thought that was really impressive. And he was very decisive on that run, hit that hole and, and took off. Yeah, um, I think that... Um... You know, Charbonnet's other two carries went for two yards, I think. Um, but yeah. those, that wasn't on him. I mean, that's guys getting penetration and him making a guy miss two yards in the backfield just and trying to get back to the line of scrimmage after that. Um, but on that play, this that's one of the things when I was saying that I um, before the game, my, on our, pre, our pregame show, what I wanted to see was an opportunity for him to actually get some runs with some blocking. So we get to see for his vision, his, how smooth he is, what can he do if he actually has a hole? Um, and we saw what he did when he actually had a hole was he punished the other team, um, got through it quickly, put pressure on the the safeties. They had to come up, um, manipulated the angle so that way he could get around one of them and get up uh, up the field. Like at, He looked really smooth on that run run. I, I want to see more. Come on, yep. give me more. Um, <laughs> So Roderick Thompson had a great, great little game too, um, given the fact that he he had the most carries on the team, 11 carries, 50 yards, Mm -hmm. a touchdown, including a 29-yard run on third and 15 to set up a fourth-quarter field goal for Seattle. It was interesting because Kobach was the guy that looked really good as, you know, the the fourth and fifth string running back um, in week one. And then in week two, it was Thompson um, who looked – uh, really good there, and so we'll see how that works out. Because I do think that one or or two of the this plethora of running backs that they've got behind the big four, um, will be on the practice squad, and I think they're really fighting for that job. Um, yeah. another guy that stood out well, to me, um, uh, interestingly was um, uh, Holton Ehlers, the third string quarterback. I think he came on earlier than the team had expected after Drew Locke got. Um, that uh, roughing penalty on him where it looked like he twisted a knee, but I guess he's fine. Um, but they brought Ehlers in on the next drive. And he just, I didn't know whether the, to talk about Ehlers as a quarterback or talk about him as a running back in this well, show because he, he, he had seven it, carries for 42 yards. Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, that's, but that's what he brings. He bring, he's so big. He's so physical. I mean, he's a 240 some pound a kid who runs well um and but he made some nice passes especially he's a lefty so rolling to his right yeah and then having to throw back and and hit the guy um you know the guys that are finding weak spots in the zones and and that kind of stuff i thought he played pretty well i was incredibly disappointed with the fourth and one attempt um and the quarterback oh yeah he hesitated too much when you're that big, you can't be you just stopped gotta on go. fourth and one. Yeah, you, you just can't just go. stand there and wait for a hole to open. You got to make the hole, buddy. Yep. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, other one of the other other players I, I mentioned, um, wide receiver uh, Tejon Lindsay, and the yeah. reason that I mentioned him is he, he had, had a, three catches for 36 yards. But I what I found most that. interesting was the kick return and the punt return. Yeah. Um, he looked, beyond, he, looked, he looked really nice in that punt return, especially. Beyond DJ Dallas, he was the guy. 
Um, mm-hmm. So it's a, for me, that's a signal. That's a name that you're going to try to keep track of because he had one kick return for 16 yards, a punt return for 27 yards, plus the three catches. That's pretty decent production for a guy that's perceived, at least to me, uh, prior to this game as being a total fringy guy. I'm not even, we're, we're not even talking about him. Um, yeah. To a guy now that you're thinking, okay, this team is is giving him punt and kick return responsibilities as potentially a second or third option. And um, so that's the kind of a guy that then you, you start to pay attention to and figure out where he fits. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that's only five foot eight, um, 171 pounds, right? He's um, uh, the, the kid out of Oregon state. If I remember right. Um, what didn't get those, those um, reps in the first game, those went to Winston Aesop jr. Um, the kid out of uh, Washington state, but they gave it to, Lindsay here in this game and he made the most of those chances as a you know the punt and kick return um guy looked really nice on that punt return where he was able to um because it was a it was a big kick he would caught it going backwards caught it over his shoulder had to turn um and he turned around to see like three guys and had to commit yeah. in order to get them to commit and then bounce it outside got a block which helped um, and then really just got upfield in a hurry. I, I was impressed with the way that he was able to, um, just kind of instinctively know what to do when he turned around and saw guys streaming down at him. So, uh, uh, turning our attention over to the defensive side, we've talked about a couple of guys, uh, so far, um, in Trey Brown and Jaron Reed, uh, at the, at the beginning. Um, let's talk about a few other guys that kind of stood out. How about, um, Tyreek Smith? with eight tackles, two tackles for loss and sack. Yeah, he um, uh, he did pretty well. I mean, he's a guy that I've been kind of waiting to see because the Seahawks uh, a year ago talked him up, you know, coming into camp, but then he got hurt and missed the whole year. Um, and then uh, I didn't think he showed up, like he didn't stand out in the first game, and so I've kind of just been waiting. And he, he, he made a bunch of plays. Now, the sack was good. Um, Tackles were good. I, I liked what he did. I think he there was a play in where he um, kind of screwed up setting the edge, which was his job on a play, but he got underneath um, the tight end that was trying to block him and then went came back out and chased a guy down um, for like a one-yard gain. I'm like, that's an athletic play, even if he didn't um, do the assignment. Right. Um, the way it was intended, he showed that he had athleticism to make up for it when he made a mistake. And so that was cool. I would, I'm, I'm good. I'm glad to see that because he did, um, really have a good game. And I felt, I feel like he's been kind of fighting for a job with, um, uh, Levin Bell, um, who also Levi, had a good Levi game Bell. this. Levi Bell. Is um, it Maybe. it's, I think it's, I think it's both. I think it's 11 bell, but then he goes by Levi because it's just take the end off. Um, but yeah, I mean, he bell's been playing really well too. And, and had a good, um, very game active. again, very active. You know, the weird, of- the weird thing I'm taking note of, uh, with Levi bell and these are fringy guys, practice squad guys, back of the roster, special teams. He lined up at fullback and delivered a block that helped spring Thompson on his, uh, run he on his touchdown did. run. That, 
I mean, that's like straight up Nick Ballore, right? Right. right. <laughs> Linebacker slash fullback. Um, it, 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 it is interesting. It's like any way you can help your team, right? Yeah. At Anything this, that you can level. do, the more you can do, the more likely you are to, um, to, to make the roster as that 53rd guy. Well, uh, what's been striking like to me that. is the guy just doesn't end up on the, on, in a game playing fullback. They practice this. That means he's getting reps in practice mm-hmm. in that role, which yep. is interesting to me. And he made a good block, right? This isn't like you line up a guy there to confuse a team or whatever, and then he gets run over. Um, he came up, he, uh, squared a guy up, got him turned, did his job. Um, yeah. and, and, and was, uh, a big piece of why that, um, ran yeah. went for, what was it? It makes you wonder if, you know, they do something like that with the player that's capable just in case Nick Bullard gets nicked up or misses some time or whatever. They've got a guy on the practice squad, mm-hmm. Levi Bell, that comes in and, and they don't miss a beat. That's it's, that's speculation, but possible. It's also um, to me what I when I see that what I see is they're looking at a guy and they're like what happens if we challenge him take him out of his comfort zone we give him something to make him do something that he's never done before how does he respond they put in the work got they called the play during the game he knew what his job was he it didn't phase him right yeah um and that it to me it comes off as you know a test what how did he how did he respond when they asked him to do something that, um, you know, right. it's out of the norm for him and he responded really well. That's a good sign. That is cool. Talk to me about, uh, two players I'm really excited about on the defensive line in Derek Hall, two quarterback hits in a sack and Boye Mafe, who I thought had a really outstanding, uh, first couple of series. Oh yeah. Mafe looks like a star. He was, um, you know, they were putting, um, he had, that play where he came around um, on the right side and just abused their right tackle. And he couldn't quite get there because it was actually a really quick throw. Um, but he still got his Didn't hand up holding, and batted the drew ball. A, drew a holding penalty, maybe? On he that? drew a holding penalty on another one. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And he came across on the left side um, just quickly and just, is faster than the tackles and the tackles and have he, a shorter he, distance to go. And he dove down on a, on a, on a run play that I thought was one of his most impressive looks where he, he read the, he read and shed and, and came back down into the inside and made the hit on the running back for a minimal gain. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, was really showing how strong he is. Yeah, his um, ability to shed tackles has been uh, on display these during these two preseason games, and which is something that this team needs because if the if the guys up front um aren't you know eating double teams and 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 you know keeping the linebackers clean the linebackers need to be able to shed those those blocks and and make plays and mafe definitely did um hall was the other guy you asked about looks fast he looks quick he looks fast he also looks like mafe did a year ago um he's raw a little bit. He's going to take some time to develop, um, but he's going to be he's going to be uh, Nichina Duwasu's backup uh, for most of this year, which means he'll get playing time, he'll get opportunities. But the team's not depending on him to come in and 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 be the star right now. He's going to get right. a chance to learn and and develop and and basically take the Boye Mafe train. Um, and 
get a year under his belt of really learning so that way next year he can take advantage of all that athleticism and skill. Um, I thought he looked, I thought he looked pretty good, especially once the starting offensive lineman came out um, for Dallas and he was able to go in against um, backups. And that's when he really started to show. That was also when Moffat came out. So it just, you know, it's kind of a nice transition from one guy to the other um, that the CX just had a dominant guy in um yeah throughout the first half they had a nice blend of starters second string players and third string all on the field at the same time i thought that was pretty interesting a couple mm-hmm. other players of note that kind of stood out patrick o'connell had eight tackles for a solo four combined tackles um i need to go back that? and rewatch the tape but i found myself being more impressed with him than john radigan yes um radigan it's did true. have one play where he got um penetration and tackle yeah for got loss. penetration tackle for loss for that but a lot of the other time he was um hanging back making tackles six yards downfield um even when not blocked he wasn't flowing upfield to the ball in the hole quite like i'd like to and he missed a couple tackles where i thought o'connell just looked more natural um and so we'll see if the coaches agree but um mm-hmm. and Again, I haven't had a chance to go through and rewatch the tape. This is just from where I was sitting in the 300 level, looking down on things. And it's yeah, there was one play where you you texted me. It was like, who's actually in? <laughs> who's, who's in there right now? I'm like, who is? Because I could not figure out who was playing uh, nose I tackle. I, I was like, I didn't see that text that? for like 10 minutes after you after you um, said it, so I didn't because reply. I was just trying to figure out who it was, and they kept not giving me an angle where I could even see a yeah, number. It's, that's um, really tough sitting up there. Um, Miles Adams had three tackles and a sack. Devin Bush uh, had four tackles, looked fast. I think you made a comment that uh, he looked he looked pretty fast out there. Yeah, he's he's looking so much faster this year than he ever did his last couple of years in, in Pittsburgh after his injury. So I'm I'm really enjoying that, um, especially with you know Bobby not playing. You know Bobby's yeah. going to be next to him. That's going to make him even better. Yeah. Um, and That'll be fun fun to watch. And it also, he, he's playing well enough that it means that they don't need to rush Jordan Brooks back. That's good. Yeah, they've got a trio now of guys that can play. It'll be, yeah, it'll be fun to watch. I had this thought uh, when I was walking back to the car after the game with Bush. Um, I really hope he's not Josh Jones uh, from the, from last year. A guy who looks yeah. like an absolute, like, find. Oh, my God. Where did they, how did they get this guy for that? And then he gets on the field in the regular season and looks terrible and can't do his job and then ha- basically gets replaced. Um, yeah. And I have no, I have no evidence that says, oh, that's what he's going to be. It's just that fear, right? You know, that I, having been burned last year by, by Josh Jones, I, I really hope that Devin Bush isn't setting us up to, to do that. Devin but, Bush is a talent. I mean, he really is. The only he, thing that was holding him back was his knee. And I think mm-hmm. that that seems to be solved at least early. Hopefully it doesn't come back to, to kind of bug him uh, later yep. on as time goes on, but we'll see. Jason no, and Myers I, had I, a, I would say, I agree with that. I think that, um, that uh, I don't have evidence that supports that. Oh, this is what's going to happen. It's there's nothing there that tells me, Oh, you know, this is a, this is a mirage. It's just because Josh Jones looked really good in the preseason last year. We were like, wow, they've got a third safety behind the two starters. And then was not that he was an absolute liability once the regular season began. Uh, I think it was just, we were burned last year and now I'm, I'm worried that we're going to get another 
that reclamation project that turns out looking good in the preseason and not, but I, that's, I'm sure, unfair to Bush, and, and I, I'm, I'm well aware of that. But it just, it came to my mind as I was walking back to the car and thought that I should mention that well, I'm... Well, once you get your, your hopes up and set about a player, it, it sometimes is hard to be let down, for sure. Mm-hmm. Jason Myers had a 57-yard uh, field goal, uh, but missed from a shorter distance. That's Jason Myers for you. Yeah, um, that's, that's, I... that's, that's any Myers for you, um, <laughs> right? Uh, Comes through but, for you. Yep. And then lets you down too. It, he makes the um, the really <laughs> difficult things seem easy, and the really easy things seem difficult. That is a um, a trait that comes with the last name. Trust me, I know. Uh, <laughs> the fifty seven yarder could have been good for at least five more. Finally, I want to talk about a um, a a person that um, I think is in the competition for most improved um, year over year, and I'm talking about Pete Carroll. Uh, he was two for two on red two flag challenges. And, yeah. What's going yeah. on, Keith? What are you seeing from the sidelines? Um, I'm seeing that <laughs> the uh, scoreboard operator was very quick getting the replay up on the big screen um, to show. And, and like we knew that it was a um, a missed call on like the, the first one where um, – it was the uh, the catch, the Dallas catch that wasn't. Um, we saw that in the stadium before the red flag hit the ground. Um, and so that definitely helped. Um, but also, I mean, that was a good challenge. And the other one I thought was pretty clear um, before, like the moment, the, moment the, the play ended, it looked like a bad call. Um, and, and he was very quick to get the flag out there. And, um, I thought that one was, was a, was an easy challenge. The other one I thought was, I thought it was a catch. I mean, again, 300 level. So it's, it's hard to, to see until they showed the replay and you see it bounce and you're like, it's not, you know, um, but they got that up there really fast onto the board, uh, um, which I'm sure helped Pete, Pete out quite a bit. Cause he knew what the answer was going to be before he threw the flag. Although you know, I noted that Dallas also had a, had a challenge that, that went, um through and and was um was correct as well on the holton allers um big run that looked yeah, like it's gonna be for a first early. down yeah no it was right up the middle he got tackled oh, okay there's, oh, that's there right. was, um but yeah so i guess there was the other one too where he stepped out of there was a nut yeah both teams had two 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 challenges that um i, I think overall it was a it was a great game. There's a couple of concerns. I think that the when we talked about that, you talked about that the defensive tackles uh, stopping the run on the interior seems to be a, a situation, and mm-hmm. it's hard to tell because we don't have first stringers all around uh, playing. Um, but it's something to watch and monitor. It, it I mean, just seems Trey to Jones me that, only played one series. I don't know if Mario Edwards played at all. Um, whether he started and played a series or not. I don't have um, snap counts in front of me. Yeah. I like, I, you couldn't tell, right. Cause he's a guy that he's not going to make tackles. So you're not going to see his name um, up there. Um, he's a guy that's going to eat a lot of blocks and do that kind of stuff. But uh, it's like those two guys didn't play, didn't seem to play much if at all. Um, and so now you're looking at, at backups. You're looking at 
you know, guys like Miles Adams, who's a pass rusher and not a run stuffer. Um, you know, guys like Sykes and, and um, yeah. Gotell that probably aren't going to make the team and are fighting for a practice squad job and a possible like call up from practice squad onto the, the roster on game day. If the team needs a body, you know, that, that kind of job. Um, it's, uh, it's hard to tell. It's hard to say, hard to say what, what, what's going to happen, but in the game, just watching it, the, the defensive line, the, the front three were getting pushed back and that's concerning. You know, and it leads to to players like uh, in this game, uh, Jarek Reed and Kobe Bryant missed tackles on Deuce Vaughn's touchdown. Uh, but you know, to get to that point, Deuce Vaughn had to break through the line, yeah, which he did. And so that's you know that's that. But again, it's the, you know third fourth quarter or whatever. It's it is what it is, and we're gonna find out short order. We've only got one preseason game left. There's a two week period in between that and the um, the regular season kickoff, so there's not much time left. Um, mm-hmm. the cut downs are coming um, as soon as that um, that last game is played. Come that Monday, I think the cut downs are due into the league. Every team in the league goes from 90 man rosters to 53 overnight. Ooh, wow, that yeah, hurts that's a lot so of- bad. That's a lot of players um, hitting the waiver wire and or free agency, depending on years of service, um, at the same exact time, uh, which makes it a lot easier to get guys through to the practice squad because right. there's just there's just so many guys that teams... You want to take care of what you know. Yeah. Um, teams aren't... Even and even if they are, uh, oh, we absolutely need a player from this position. Well, guess what? Instead of you're being the one that they might consider, now there's 27 that that they might consider, and so this is the lower probability that they they'll they'll take your guy. Um, so that part's there, but it's it it's kind of a brutal day, and we'll talk about this more when that when it comes. But, yeah, yeah, um, it is a brutal it's, day. It's fun to talk about um, you know the roster and all these things, but then. When you think of it, the human side of it is that, um, you know, there's like a thousand guys, 800, um, that are losing their jobs. Some of them will get picked up on practice squads. Some of them, uh, will find a job with the USFL or the XFL and get a chance to come back and try again a year from now. Um, and over half of them, it'll be the last yeah. time they, they put a, um, football uniform on. Uh, and a lot of dreams end. It's a, it's a, it's a very rough day. Um, that's coming up very, very, uh, soon. So, uh, it was one of those things that I didn't ever really think about that much until I started covering the team and, and got to know some of the guys and that ultimately got cut. And yeah, it just became like, you just start to recognize how personal it is for the individual players. Like they're fighting for their job. They're fighting for their dream. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. All right. I think that's going to wrap this show. We've got another um, another show coming up, um, the midweek show uh, this week, and then a preview show of the final preseason game, the third game, where the fringy tail end of the roster kind of guys will be playing mm-hmm. lots in that game against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field um, for a spot on the roster, at least a spot on the practice squad, as you, as you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, the practice squad is 15 players, and so that represents about one-third of all the cutdowns. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. 
Um, yeah. Anything else? Um, no, let's um, let's come back here in a in a couple of days and and um, talk about some of the the roster battles and different things that we've been seeing as far as uh, rotations and stuff and and get an idea of where we think players stand on those yeah. um, those uh, competitions for jobs. Yeah, we can do maybe we can do a little uh, fifty-three man roster prediction or something like that too. Um, all right, so let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter at MyersNFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook on Twitter. SeahawksPlaybook.com is the website. You can find us uh, on your favorite podcast platforms if you do the search and our own website, uh, not website, but uh, YouTube channel. You can find all of our past shows, everything current, especially if you subscribe. You won't miss a show. Uh, it'll land directly in your feed. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.